over a table as they ate, speaking in low whispers. It was clear by their body language that they didn't want to be disturbed. Betty, however, had marched up to them undaunted. Less than a minute later, the men found their table littered with colorful ribbons and glittery sequins. Two men bought scrapbooking starter kits, dazed looks on their faces as they handed their money to Betty. As quickly as she had arrived, Betty was gone, leaving everyone to wonder what happened while Madeline cleared her table with a chuckle. The small brass bell over the front door tinkles. A pair of women walk in, smile at Madeline, and choose a table by the window. Madeline knows it's only a matter of time before the tea salon will be bustling with people and laughter. She selects several tins of the chamomile and rooibos tea blend from the large antique armoire that graces the dining room. She's not sure what came first— discovering so many wonderful finds at garage sales and antique stores, and then pondering what to put in them, or knowing that she wanted to sell her own tea blends and looking for an artful way to display them. It was a small thing to help pass the time in those early months when business was slow, but now it's taken on a life of its own. Connie wants them to open an online store, but that's more than Madeline is willing to take on right now. At the moment, this balance feels just right— however hectic it may be. In the kitchen, Connie is at the sink, scrubbing her hands. Serena took off into the neighbor's yard, but she's back now, she says, a look of apologetic guilt on her face when Madeline walks in. She, uh, kind of ate a few heads of lettuce from their garden. Madeline raises an eyebrow. Kind of? Connie fakes a cough. Well, she ate them, but then she threw them back up. Connie wipes her hands on a dish towel, avoiding eye contact. I'll call the vet later to see if there's anything special we should be feeding her. Maybe Serena has a delicate stomach. Goodness. Madeline isn't sure what's more concerning, that Connie has named the goat, or that the goat has found its way into Walter Lassiter's vegetable garden. His wife, Dolores, doesn't mind the steady traffic of the tea salon, but Walter is always looking for something to complain about. Madeline has a feeling that a stray goat may push him over the edge. I'm sure Serena's stomach is fine, she says, handing Connie the tea. Do you mind wrapping these? Dora Ponce is putting together a gift basket for the Rotary Club auction, and I told her we'd make a donation. Sure. Connie drapes an apron over her head. I'll use that pretty paper I picked up at the farmer's market last week. Ruth Pavard is selling her whole stock. She's going to start making birdhouses instead. Connie is about to say more when there's a holler from the dining room. It's followed by the unmistakable sound of porcelain breaking. Help! They hear one of the women shout. There's a wild beast in here! Connie hurries to the dining room. There's a stern reprimand and then another exclamation accompanied by the sound of more good china crashing to the floor. To outsiders, Avalon may look like a nondescript river town, but Madeline knows better. She reaches for the broom and dustpan with a happy sigh, then heads to the dining room. Isabel grasps the hammer and pounds the for-sale sign into her front lawn. The earth is hard and unyielding, dry from too much Illinois heat, another long, hot August that shows no sign of relief. Maybe she should have watered the lawn first. Maybe she should have hired that red-headed kid from down the street. 
Maybe she should have called a real estate agent to list her house properly instead of trying to do it on her own, like so many things these days. But Isabel doesn't want to wait for people to call her back, to check their schedules, to haggle a fee, to find the garden hose, wherever that is. Bang, bang, bang. The sign shakes and shivers. Last night, when she was the last person wandering the dusky streets after a seven o'clock showing of The Man from Mars, Isabel had stopped at the hardware store to pick up some laundry detergent. There they were, right by the entrance on clearance. Fifteen cans of paint stacked in a pyramid, pointing to the sky. Isabel thought about her house, of the stove and kitchen table, of the fridge and nubby dish towels, the living room furniture, the bedroom set, the chipped cherry wood table in the hallway. She thought of her tired walls, the ceilings, the doors. There was a time when she dreamed they'd live in that house forever, have children in it.